Hi, I'm Riker J, and this is my geeky, kinky, techie audio blog. Musings, facts, more of a blog than a podcast, usually of adult uh, topics, so if you are not of the age of majority, please stop listening. Also, if you're listening on Anchor FM, I'm doing these in segments, and the segments on the web page don't automatically go to the next chapter. So if you're listening there, please go hit the next button. It won't autoplay. Anyway, thank you, and on to the episode. Hi, it's uh, May 17th, and I am sitting here with a very good friend that I has a very, very talented friend, the amazing and wonderful Ridiculous Re. That's me. So, I have known Re... Four or five years now? So we've been close four or five years. We met... The first time we met was at the first Fet Fest. Yeah. Because um, you were hanging out with a friend of mine, Karina. Yep, that was right. That was the first time we ever encountered each other. Mm-hmm. I remember her saying very good things about you and, and going and doing photo shoots. So... Since then, um, especially since I have moved from the Boston area to the Maryland area, um, right in time for Rita to leave the Maryland area and now come back, Yay. Um, we have become friends and we hang out a bunch and uh, I think Rita goes to the muse category. I have done many different photos. I am a musing. <laughs> this will be a punishing uh, uh, session. Um, one of the things... Re has many, many talents. What are some of your passions here? Uh, not video games, I'm assuming. No. No. Um, I was thinking <laughs> you have a thing for... Glass. Yeah. And I, um, I'm a glass artist, professional glass artist. I make something that's called millefiori, which it translated from Italian literally means a thousand flowers. Um... It's a very specific art form. No, I don't make any sort of paraphernalia, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's been a while since I've done that, but I'm intending on getting back into it, hopefully within the next year. And then other sorts of passions include things like professional circus performer. I have been performing as a sword swallower for the past five or six years now. We're going to get back to that one shortly, because that's actually going to be the focus of this. You also self-suspend yes i do self-tying i am a self-suspender and i love it it's a lot of fun and i do that both professionally on stage as well as uh independently for my own amusement and then also um i teach i do rope 101 and then i also teach people how to be able to do the basics of rope um with my background in education nice um, you definitely gave me a hand with uh, at Winterfire helping backstop me on the classes I did there, and that's yeah, that, greatly appreciated. That was a lot of fun. I had a great time. The um, so the main reason, so one of the things like Ree's sword swallowing is kind of epic. Um, I have never like you know you always hear about it in circus things, and you see it on TV or in a movie, but you never really encounter someone who actually does it. Unless you are a sword swallower, and then you, yeah, then you then meet you a lot. Them. Yeah, and then you meet a lot of people. Um, so, just 
the, our interaction with sword swallowing is I had you come by my place and we did like three different sets of photos and it ended up that you were in the same pose for all of them and you were on your knees. Mm -hmm. uh, one was in a red dress, one was completely nude and one was in an art in my favorite uh, bathing suit on you, your R2-D2 bathing suit. Yeah, I got that cheap off of Amazon and um, it was rhinestoned by my friend May Hemmer. And so we ended up making a an interesting triptych print. Um, we've had a couple of experiments with it mm -hmm. um, where basically we have the red dress prepping to hold the sword, nude actually swallowing the sword and hiding your bits mm -hmm. uh, so that it's like Instagram friendly and mm -hmm. then the sword's out, you're back in the red dress. So it's this neat transition shot. Mm -hmm. um, what got you... Why did you get into sword swallowing and how did you start with that? Well, um, so start with that. That's that's a really great question. Mm -hmm. Actually, I've never actually had anybody ask me specifically how did you why did you start with that? Yeah, like because, I mean there's obviously the blowjob jokes. Right, right? exactly. Swallowing, yeah. right? But yeah, yeah, that's yeah. obviously only <clears throat> you know, six to 20 inches, depending on the porn star. Right. Um, but okay. I'm now going to take a long metal object mm -hmm. and put it all the way down my throat into. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yep. What was, um, so I was always a big fan of circuses whenever I was growing up. Um, I would w go and see Cirque du Soleil with my family all the, t uh, very frequently and never saw any sword swallowers there. But whenever I got to middle school, I spent a lot of time on the internet and researching about circuses because I'm that kind of nerd. And then um, I found out about the old school freak shows and midways for county fairs and all of this and the ballyhoo and how um, there were working acts and there were natural born freaks and learning all about P.T. Barnum and how he had changed the the landscape for circuses and um, I thought it was amazing and I just thought you know I was not born a freak but or at least on the outward appearance I am a freak for sure like I always felt different and I always felt like I didn't fit exactly and so I thought you know it would be great if I could run away and join the circus but that wasn't really an option so um, I just kind of thought about it a lot and then whenever I finally got to college I um, I had a partner whose roommate was a sword swallower. and uh, So there's the connection, was you ended up meeting someone who actually had the skill set. Well, that wasn't even the part that tipped me into wanting to do it. I, I, just, I just missed, but it became accessible from seeing it to actually having someone you could talk to and ask questions to. Yeah, somewhat. Um, I mean, I still didn't really think that it was something that I was actually going to be able to feasibly mm -hmm. do. Um, but... It was just a, an interesting, and I mean, in this, in that particular community that I was involved in, I got a chance to meet all kinds of people from all kinds. Like I met one of the main biogeneticists who worked with, or like explored the human genome. That doesn't necessarily mean that I wanted to become a biogeneticist yeah. myself. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But so in this, like I started college in nursing and then I thought to myself like, okay, I'll give this a shot. And, um or at least ask more questions about it because I, uh, I did martial arts for eight years of my life. I was a black belt 
and I did uh, meditation and other sorts of things of that nature. So I spend a lot of time inside of my body. I understand how things work. I know about anatomy and physiology. And then I have this person who's extremely accessible that I can ask questions to. And then I had a partner who made me an aluminum sword that was 16 inches in length. And then I remember he gave it to me and I looked at him and I said, I'm going to learn how to swallow this. And he looks at me and he says, you know, I cured that in horse shit, right? And I was like, I would wash it first. But uh, I, I don't think he took me seriously. And that's fair. I mean, I wasn't serious at that point. And yeah. then um, I moved down to New Orleans and I started trying to learn how to do burlesque. And I realized I wasn't very good at taking my clothes off slowly. So I figured... <laughs> If I am going to have a shtick, then I should get a shtick. And so I got a shtick, which Using was a shtick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but what happened, and I mean, so this is the part where there, I tell people that there's like three or four versions of the story. So this is the base part of it where, yes, there's the genuine, like I spent a lot of time in my body. I had a partner who had a roommate that, had a, that was sword swallowing, et cetera, and so forth. But then this is a part that I don't share with all audiences, especially if they're under the age of 18. Um, I got a chance to do a uh, amateur film with my with a friend of mine, and as soon as I saw the video footage that he had gotten of us working together, I looked at it and I was just like, "Oh, well then, what's six more inches? I can do 16." That'll so, be fun. So, uh, well endowed partner for, yep. the, for the thing. But so, did you have so, you know, not trying to go down the sexual side of things, but I mean that's what it, it is. Yes, it, it is. But what I meant though is, is like you know, did you normally not you know the joke? I don't have a gag reflex. Was it just you either had control over it? You just found that you don't normally gag as much as others might, or. Did you just do the mind over body thing? like how Control, mind over body, that kind of a mind. thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, because I still do, it's just a matter of like you control your, uh, your diaphragm and your abdominal muscles to keep yourself from doing that. And that's the, I will be honest with that, that is the majority of it. And that's where a lot of people suffer because that's where they find themselves like retching and puking is mm -hmm. that particular point. Um but no, for me, it was, I had a very good control over that, that, and also, um, I had pretty bad, um, acid reflux whenever I was younger. And so I understood and I could understand what it felt like whenever something was coming up and I could keep it down if I needed to. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, came down to New Orleans and then I did my, uh, video shoot and then, I went to YouTube and I saw how you can take a coat hanger and you can take it from that triangle shape and then turn it into a straight shape and like a sword. And so I started learning how to swallow a coat hanger first. And um, then I met a juggler. His name is Carl Salader. And he was one of the loveliest humans that I've ever gotten a chance to know. He, um, I told him that I started, I was learning how to sword swallow and that I already got that far. And then he told me that he had a friend of his, Johnny Fox, who's a professional sword swallower who had been doing so for most of his life and uh, that he would put me in touch with him. And so it was purely because Carl sat down with me and Johnny in a three-way Facebook uh, conversation, messenger conversation. And I'm pretty sure that that's the only reason that Johnny ever talked to me 
whatsoever. Um, Johnny was a famous sword swallower in the uh, Maryland Re or in the uh, Renaissance community, uh, Renaissance Fair community, because he had been working with the Maryland Renaissance Fair uh, for like 20, 30 years, something like that. And um, he gave me two pieces of advice on how to find the sword that I needed to use and also how to practice. And those two pieces of advice changed everything for me. And uh, I became a professional sword swallower soon after that, performing with people like uh, Pain Solution, Squidling Brothers, um, Swing Shift, Sideshow. Granted, they were all three together at that point. Um, and then that was my first. And then soon after, I started becoming a part of Sword Swallowers Association International. Um, I was invited to World Sword Swallowers Day out in Panama City Beach at the Ripley's Believe It or Not and I became incorporated there as well as um, participating in breaking two Guinness World Records. And um, soon after that, I was also um, hired to perform on all different kinds of stages and places. Like I'm on American Horror Story Freak Show, um, season uh, four, episode 10, the Orphans episode, which that is a whole story in and of itself that I would be... Uh, it would, it's going to take me a long time. Eventually I'm going to write a book and, uh, it, because that's the only way to do that. So tell me about the first time on stage in front of a crowd, what was the sword? What did you do? Yeah. What was the brain? What, how'd it go? Etc. So, oh, <coughs> pardon me. No worries. Um, I was very lucky. It was, um, March. Uh, about five or six years ago and I had just put down a sword down my throat for the first time and I put up a thing on Facebook like yeah I did it and then I saw a friend of mine at this place called the Country Club down in New Orleans and I told her yeah it's my birthday at this at this particular venture hmm? no, and uh, and then uh, she said that they were going to be doing a show with uh, Pain Solution, Swing Shift Sideshow, and the Squidling Brothers, and they needed somebody to be part of the opener. And so that's what I did. And little did I know there were other such amazing sideshow artists such as Zamora the Torture King, who is one of the predominating sideshow artists that has been a part of it since, like, the, I want to say the 60s or the 70s. Like, he's, like, original punk rock weirdo. Yeah, cool. And, uh... Yeah, he, he was one of my heroes, and I remember meeting him and thinking, like, oh, my God, it's Zamora the Torture King. Like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Little did I know later that because of me interacting with him at that particular show, he would come to stay at my place and in my guest room and then teach me about glass stuff and about other sorts of, like, old-school sideshow things. And even offer me. What do you mean glass stuff? You mean gla uh, glass blowing or, or using glass in a sideshow? Um... We glass about? blowing actually glass blowing. Okay. Um, he taught me about the Prince Rupert's drop which is a um, soft glass that is put into water and so what happens is the outside of it cools really fast and then the inside is still highly pressurized and so you can actually take a hammer and hit the bulb of it and it won't shatter but if you take a uh, wire snips and then you clip the very tip of the tail then it, the entire piece is going to shatter there's um I think it's Getting Smarter Every Day is a YouTube channel, mm -hmm. and they got high-speed cameras and yep. and filmed 
that taking the twick at the end of it mm -hmm. and watching the cracks work down the whole way of the, the glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Zamora taught me about that years after this particular performance, but you know, I was bright eyed and bushy tailed and biggest smile on my face ever. And I had this, and I still use the exact same burlesque outfit that my friend Gogo McGregor helped me to put together. And I thought it was adorable. She called me her daughter on that show or on that particular show. It's like, I will not let my daughter go out on stage and looking like this and <laughs> yeah. straightening out my fringe. And I thought that it was, it was so endearing and lovely. And, um, so I went out and I had this one particular song called Swinter Slewed and it just, it, I just remember thinking to myself, like going out on stage. And the one th particular thing about sword swallowing is that whenever you're putting the sword down, you're looking straight up at the ceiling and you don't get a chance to actually see the audience. So it's always a very intimate moment where it's self-focus and everything else goes away. And um, all you're focusing on is making sure that you do this thing right so that you don't fuck it up. Mm -hmm. Like if, if you fuck it up, the consequences can be dire. However, one of the great things about being a sword swallower is that there is so much research and information that has been put out about them that it's, there hasn't been a sword swallower that has died um, according to the, the statistics that I've seen for the past 50 so or years or so. So my understanding around the risks of this is basically, okay, so you're putting this metal thing down your esophagus? Yes, mm -hmm. esophagus, windpipe, esophagus, etc. So you obviously... Not the windpipe, the just wind. the esophagus. Okay, yeah. Yep. Buying past the bit, okay. Yep. So you obviously have a few valves you have to deal with. Right. Um, so the risks in my brain, and this is me just guessing from what I know, mm -hmm. obviously you have a problem of, okay, you pierce a stomach, you mm. scratch. I mean, I'm talking about the extreme, okay. like, you have the extreme ones of, okay, yeah, you poke well, your stomach wrong, you it's, it's scratch not, the esophagus. The yeah. Esophagus. So the, the main risks that are involved, um, you don't, it's not really poking the stomach. Um, 16 inches gets to the top of the stomach, 22 inches gets to the bottom. Uh, there's a secondary reflex right before you get into the stomach. It's, it starts with a Z, or no, not a Z, an X, um, because it's right underneath the xiphoid process, okay. which is uh, part of your sternum. And there is, and uh, I unfortunately, I've only gone into my stomach once, and it was a very unpleasant experience, but it was one of those like, when you know you have an orgasm, you know when you've gotten into your stomach. And it's just the biggest thing there would be when you get past that point, you're looking at like an acid reflux type yeah, problem it, where you're it bringing felt, acid up. And, right. It felt like heartburn for yeah, sure. Yeah. Like there was a pressure that was in the lower portion of my chest, um, but it didn't feel like there was anything that was wrong. It was just one of those like, oh, oh, that's what that was. Ugh, yuck. I don't like that. And these things are all... Um, now I've actually seen what you use, so I actually know the answer to this. Don't give away the secret. They're ah! not. They're okay. not. You are not taking a sword fighting sword with nice sharp edges on each side. Although I bet you there's probably some crazy enough to do that. No. You know these things are the idea. The the risk of you actually causing a cut or a bad poke are is. Like, we're not talking about a sharp object here, are we? Um, 
it's all a matter of personal preference. Mm-hmm. Um, me, personally, the sword that I chose, or rather that chose me, I would say, um, it's very wide. And so that cuts down... Heh, cuts down. Anyway, um, <laughs> it cuts down on some of the risks because in the, the thinner the blade, the more risk of it actually doing a puncture. Right. Now... Sharper. Right. And um, so... It may not be sharp, but it's not dull. <laughs> well, it's more... Um, what's the word? Um, more surface area, less risk. Yep. Um, Fair. And so... With this less surface area, there's more opportunity for it to move its way in between mm-hmm. soft tissues. Okay. Um, and so, and at the same time, puncture is one of your the least it's pieces least. of worry. Because if you get a nice clean puncture, there's a chance that it can just close up immediately and then you don't have a problem. Right. Um, now, the, the bigger worry is having an abrasion where... Right. Um, and this is something that can happen with a, a coat hanger. It can happen with a sword. Um, if you have any sort of a nick that's on the sword and for the clothes hanger, if you have a painted clothes hanger and any of the paint is chipping off, then you can get a scratch on the inside of your esophagus and it will uh, abscess and you could die so very the, quickly. The, the scratches are the, the long, you know, it punctures easy because it's like, that's not easy, but it's mm-hmm. a small area, very controlled small piece where dragging a burr down a couple of inches mm-hmm. of your esophagus would just not be very good. Right, For exactly. For some strange reason. I don't understand. Yeah, this. right. Um, what is... <laughs> so, that's the biggest scary. Obvi- uh, you know, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's really grandiose things that can happen, like if you tripped or something, but that's yeah. not a normal part of the problem. It's just an accepted risk. Uh, what hmm. is... You know, some idiot runs up on stage and hugs you. You know. You, well, there's also some people like <laughs> I have friends that do busking where they're out on the street, yeah. and so that's a an element of risk. Yeah. Like you never know when there's going to be some jerk that's running down the street, yeah. and then they pull bowl into you and just. Or, for since I do a lot of rope, you know, you're tying someone up in a in a club, and someone drunk comes over and goes well that's amazing and starts yanking on the ropes yeah never seen that happen right you've never seen that happen right so i meant in rope well yeah (laughs) Uh, right exactly um i have done some like walking around performances with sword swallowing where like there are drunk people that come up and they are like i swallow a sword for me do it for the snapchat and i'm just kind of like okay if you pay me 80 bucks in my hand yeah um yep or the one of the things that I love to be able to do is if anybody is rude to me in that fashion, then it's really great to just make intense eye contact with them, get way up into their face and talk about exactly how I could die right in front of them. (laughs) Um, and then they'll tell me like, (laughs) then they'll get and just put money in my hand for me to go away. (laughs) Like it's pretty great. And if anybody makes any sort of like crass comments and then it's great because like oh I'm sorry sir you cannot measure up in any sense of the word <laughs> including the s word <laughs> s word or sword get it get yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we actually haven't been that punny this time we, we, we have been sitting here for at least an hour, a couple of hours beforehand just shooting the shit, drinking whiskey, drinking tropical punch stuff mm-hmm. um, before we started to record this. Yeah, eating food, smoking cigars, having a good time. 
So, Re, thank you very much for sharing yeah. this moment. Thank um, you for having me. One question I have for you mm -hmm. is how can people get a hold of you if they want a sword-swallowing, glass-blowing, <laughs> self-suspending... Professional prof weirdo. Professional weirdo. Um, I am available on Facebook. My mm -hmm. name is Ridiculous. That's R-I-D-I-C-K-U-L-O-U-S. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter as Diculous Re. That's D-I-C-K-U-L-O-U-S-R-I. Um, you can also email me at rhymes with re r h y m e s w t w i t h r i at gmail dot com. Um, that's the easiest way to be able to get in contact with me. Um, my rates are pretty reasonable. I am, and if you're down to fly me out, then I'm happy to come around and do some cool shit. Also, do um, we have? Uh, you know, if you go check my Instagram scroll back a bit and I think it's on, on Ree's Instagram also mm -hmm, mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. is this uh, canvas art print that we discussed earlier um, we do have them yep. available mm -hmm. and it's sort of a it's not on a fixed price it's tell us what you think it's worth yep. and all those proceeds not the proceeds all of it goes to Ree you know this yeah. is, I want to help my artist friends because they're amazing people and, uh, and not your artist friends greatly appreciate you Jay <laughs> thank you Mm -hmm. So, thank you, Rhea. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed my latest uh, audio blog. If you have any questions and comments, you can get a hold of me uh, on multiple venues. The main one is audio. My Twitter is 